one continuous skin. A modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And the X-Men universe is expanding. Some TV shows aren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. The Justice League's villains probably revealed and more. Yeah. We, we got um, uh, another week of news, as always. But you had a very, very busy weekend. At, um, not your first not your first uh, convention of the season, but it was kind of... Are you in the heart of it now? I don't even, I don't even really know your convention schedule. So I usually consider uh, summer movie season the start of convention season. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say this is the the, the the beginning. I think I have one a month lined up uh, for a couple months, so uh, shouldn't be a problem there. But at the same time, I got up there, and I think this is my first case of allergies ever hitting me because I was in Michigan, mm-hmm. and I think the weather up there is just so drastically different from here at home that I as you can probably tell, sound a little congested. Yeah, I guess you the, you didn't come back from Motor City in one piece, it sounds like. No, no. Actually, so it's Motor City Comic Con. I got a, I got a couple great stories. First off, if any of you are listening from our handouts from Motor City Comic Con, thank you. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike designed those on the fly the day before. At the 11th and, hour, you're like, hey, I'm going to be leaving here in like 10 minutes. Can you have anything hand that I can just print off and cut out and be like, okay, I think I can whip something up. Yeah, and uh, so uh, FedEx printed those off. They look really nice, Mike, so they were impressed with them, too. Yeah. So that was awesome. Uh, Secondly, uh, I went and met uh, David Finch. I went on Friday, waited in line for three hours. He did not show up at all Friday. So um, by that regard, it was the cheapest Comic-Con I've ever been to because I didn't go anywhere to spend any money for three hours. (laughs) And lastly, I bought uh, 11 trades for $50, including uh, a lot of Image Comics, actually. So Manhattan Projects, Deadly Class, uh, more of the uh, the other series. I like The Wicked and the Divine, and then some missing ones I, I was missing. So Yeah, uh, yeah. there was one thing I kind of wanted to ask you uh, when you go to a convention, because you're pretty convention-seasoned. Like, you go to a lot of the conventions that you can in the Midwest and the South, and you try to hit up these different ones. And uh, I basically just go to, like, one big one once a year but it's like it's like totally different and sometimes it's too hectic to even really do anything but like usually when i go to conventions uh i'm usually hitting up panels like when you head to these things like is your goal to specifically like get comics or you know what's your what's your goal so usually my i i I lay out a list of things i want to do uh first is usually a wish list of comic books if i find them great if i don't no big deal Uh um i usually don't have anything i need so it's just kind of like oh there's a hole in my collection let me fill it a little bit Uh um and like that's where i find like the 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 books for six dollars or a bunch for five or whatever and then secondly i go through the artist alley and there's usually where i find artists i want to see and I, i get them out of the way pretty early like this year um uh, it was Mark Morales. He's an inker. Oh, yeah. I love Mark um, Morales. Yet Jim Cheung was there. He uh, actually bought one of his prints, which is from uh, Marvel's Infinity. He did mm-hmm. Infinity with Jonathan Hickman. Uh, and then my fiance said I can hang it in the living room. She likes it so much. Nice. So that's a big win. Nice. And then um, uh, 
David Finch uh, is there. He does Wonder Woman right now, but he did a lot of some Ultimate stuff back in the Ultimate X-Men and, and stuff. So I, I definitely hit up some artists and, and try to buy stuff, but I don't have a lot of places to hang, so I, I'm not buying as much art anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, the, the very bottom of my list is celebrities. I, I just don't care enough about yeah, celebrities. Yeah, I mean, it's always really weird because usually the super, super high-profile celebrities are usually at conventions like promoting something. And usually, you know, the last thing that they care about is uh, collecting, you know, $25 for an autograph, you know. They're usually there for, like, 10 minutes, and then they're whisked away somewhere else to promote in front of, like, another, like, uh, panel or something like that. But, yeah, it's always those celebrities that are there to strictly just, like, make money for, like, a photo. I don't know. Those – it just it just kind of, like, seems, like, not sleazy because it's not like they're, like, selling you snake oil or anything, but it's just, like – I feel like if you have to – sell your autograph i don't want your autograph you know yeah no i agree and a lot of them like i wished a lot of them were 25 dollars, but like a lot of them you know 100 dollars plus for a lot of people and i'm like that's really ridiculous you mm-hmm. know how many more books i could buy for that <laughs> 22 technically 22 trades if i double what yeah I and you're 50. gonna get more enjoyment out of reading those than looking at that one autograph because it's like uh, there's people out there that are like autograph collectors, and so they'll pay you know anything. They don't care. They're like, oh, I just need this autograph for my collection. But I think a lot of people like they want the story behind the autograph, and like, what's the like? There's not much of a story of just like, oh, I went to a convention and I paid him to sign this, or I paid uh, I paid her to sign it. It's really not that. I don't know. It's, it's not so exciting to me. Yeah, no, and, and I definitely agree. So yeah, that's 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 a good uh, that's a good way to put it. But that's usually how I break down my conventions: is books, uh, artists, and then lastly celebrities, uh, mm-hmm. and then occasionally panels if I can get to them. Uh, again, the problem is uh, if you're trying to get to artists, sometimes the lines take a little longer. And this one was super crowded on Saturday. Like you could tell, like when the temperature gets warm because of like people you know mm-hmm. like that, that the stuffy bu- feeling the body heat yeah so it was really getting really bad like that about noon on saturday and thankfully we'd gone friday where it was pretty much empty and cold so mm-hmm. uh we were like you know let's just cut our losses and go watch a uh, civil war one more time <laughs> awesome so that's your third third viewing then third um third uh paid viewing yes uh, <laughs> nice uh i've actually seen the movie probably 10 times this week uh, <laughs> if i could count all <laughs> oh, the times man. i've seen it that's 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 quite a bit um but yeah it sounds like you had a good convention anything else you want to bring up uh is there something you're trying to get out of me <laughs> no I, I just i just wanted to make sure i i am on so much medicine right now uh, <laughs> you could probably get get about i i've forgotten everything i do know that we played diablo 3 all weekend that was our afternoon activity and mm-hmm. we finally beat the game and today is the fourth anniversary of diablo 3 oh, so we, okay we that was cool coincides pretty well it's a it's a it's a it's a yearly tradition there. So that's a that's a sufficiently nerdy weekend. Uh, comic books and uh, video games. So it sounds like you you did it right this weekend. Yes, thank you, thank you. We had a good time. Uh, maybe maybe one day I'll get to go to a convention with you, Mike, and we can Ooh, you know, yes. comic I, comic book down and video game out. So. Man, I was gonna I was trying to find a way to maybe secure you a badge for Comic Con this year, but I was just like, I don't think that's gonna happen since he's like just getting married like a week or two before. I think there's gonna be like honeymoons and things like that. I don't think your well, wife wants me to steal you right away. <laughs> well, I mean. I, I, I think I have that. That's like one of my prenuptial agreements. <laughs> Comic Con, I had the full right to go at, at, without without any notice. So uh-huh. no, <laughs> but yeah, it was a good time. I look forward to it. Uh, I think my next one is uh, did uh, Mo- not Motor City. That's what I was just at, but Derby City Comic Con, which is here in Louisville in June. So awesome, cool. Looking forward to that. 
So, but yeah, so let's get on with the news. A lot of this news came early in the week. Some of it came later in the week, but I am ready to talk about it with you because we haven't talked about a lot of this, actually. Yeah, and some of it's kind of like surprising, which is news that we don't get often. Sometimes we get rumors that eventually turn out to be true, and sometimes we get announcements, but like there's a couple of like shocking things in, in here, so I'm looking forward to talking about those. Yes, so first off, uh, X-Men Apocalypse got some early reviews, kind of like, I guess, Civil War did, Uh three weeks early. It's about three three weeks out. And um, this is whenever usually the producers, the directors, and everybody starts talking about the movies and the universe and everything, because they go out for the press junkets and whatnot. So Uh Simon Kinberg, the producer, writer, something of most of the X-Men movies, has said that the next X-Men movie will be set in the 90s. Ah. So... Uh, that gives us the you know, confirmation that they're jumping 10 years and maybe we'll eventually catch up to where we are now. Um, or maybe just skip the 2000s altogether. I just, I, I just don't know how we catch up to where we are now. That's like that's too much aging for these actors. Like I would say like in Hollywood, like any given actor might have a wiggle room of like maybe 10 years, like, you know, depending on their like genetics. But there's no way they can age this whole cast. That's like what they're supposed to be like teenagers in the 80s. And then we're going to age them 10 years in the 90s. Oh, and then we're going to age them 10 more years to get them into the 2000s. We're going to age them 10 more years to get them ca- caught up to Deadpool. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're almost just going to have to deal with this kind of like isolated kind of couple decades. Well, I could also see, I mean, they've used time travel before. So I could definitely see them using time travel or space travel. A lot of space X-Men stories take place that they've not touched on yet. Yeah, they would have to, they would have to do something like that. But then you, then you basically just kind of got a bunch of like, uh, Captain America light stories where they're like kind of fish out of waters from like different decades, but things are just kind of slightly different, not super different. I don't know. There's so many that I always say there's so many unanswered questions that I can't wait for them to divulge more of. And this was just like a little bit more of just like, okay, cool. Nineties. And we all know we love the nineties X-Men cartoon. So I think they're going to do something kind of with that kind of synergy. They have to. Well, we'll, we'll knock on wood for it because uh, in just a couple weeks here, the first—I mean, the first X Men Apocalypse reviews are already out, and the X Men Apocalypse doesn't come out for another three weeks. So, mm-hmm. I uh, beware of spoilers. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I actually kind of looked at the reviews, um, so I'm not going to tell you, Mike, mm-hmm. but I do know. So, if anybody wants to know what the consensus is, tell me. I will be gladly—I'll be glad to share it with you. Um, and, but there is an after-credit scene for once. Awesome. Good. I don't think we've had one of those in an X Men movie ever that i can think of um wasn't uh, no apocalypse was the no we've had we've had after, we've had okay. after credits in in uh the wolverine when he goes to to japan because it right. was that whole uh, metal detector scene and i think yes. apocalypse was the after credit scene okay in days of future yeah. past but so the other movies get, i don't know about the other movies so that's why i got really confused because i always remember amazing spider-man 2 had the x-men commercial in the oh in the, okay so yeah it is it, a little confusing in the in the in the credits i'm like what this isn't they're not in the same universe what is, what is this <laughs> so uh but yes there is an after credit scene which i guess the last couple movies have done it so we can stay around and figure it out and kind of see maybe where they're going my hope for the next movie is a mr sinister film i would really like to see that that would be cool but, i would like to kind of see how that character gets designed for uh real life but i was gonna uh speak real quick just because you brought up the word spoilers like uh it is like i if the if you care about a movie out there and it's gonna be really popular in uh in social media or like in pop culture in general go see that movie as soon as you can because people are legitimately taking like 
the best moments of Civil War now, chopping them up into uh, video clips and just putting them on Instagram. And since I have liked hashtags with like Marvel and Spider-Man, like, you know, for basically all the times I've had my account, I open up my explore section on the app and like the top banner is just like, is just the like, just clips from the airport fight scene of just like all the spoilers coming out of there. So I'm just like, you cannot escape it. So if you care about a movie out there, you, you got to see it right away. Yeah, and, and that's, that's that's very true. So X Men Apocalypse, I, I keep forgetting it's coming up soon. Uh, honestly, I, mm. I hate to say that, but I mean, <laughs> I guess we're a week away this coming Friday, so a little under two weeks. So. Yeah, it, I mean, I want to see it, but just to let you know, I haven't bought my ticket yet, and I don't think I'm necessarily gonna see it on Thursday on Thursday night. I think what I might do is. Uh, do like a Friday night like dinner and a movie thing with my wife because uh, usually we kind of have to skip the dinner, dinner portion when we're like escaping from work on Thursday to see these as soon as possible. So, uh, but we will definitely see it and we'll definitely spoiler cast it like we plan on doing. Yes, usually we do, and that that's one that we will have to do. I yeah, guess. for sure. Uh, so that kind of brings me to our next point. The next X Men movie on the docket is actually Wolverine three, mm-hmm. and uh, Simon Kingbird has confirmed it has started filming already. Awesome. Okay, which is great because we've not seen any set footage or photos yet, so that's good to know. And it is confirmed it is shooting for an R rating. Yeah, we we kind of uh, assumed that it was going to get the R rating. I wouldn't say it was ever confirmed, but it's nice to get the confirmation. Yeah, they had them on those those handouts at one point in time, I think at CinemaCon mm-hmm. uh, in Vegas, but like the studio never said anything. So none of the producer said it. So I feel I feel uh, we're gonna we're definitely get it. Yeah, so. it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I'm super super stoked for R rated Wolverine. Who knows if uh, Deadpool will pop up in this movie at all? But that, if it, if it is kind of like an old man Logan scenario and they kind of jump forward in the future, it would be kind of cool to see like a like an older uh, Deadpool in the future. That would be cool. Yeah. Well, also I think I don't have this on the notes, but um, uh, Professor X, uh, the the older one, uh, J, uh, Patrick Stewart has uh-huh. been confirmed to be in the film as well. Oh man, uh, awesome. Awesome. So his involvement's confirmed. So, I, yeah, we don't know how they're going to do it or what they're going to do exactly, but uh, it sounds like they're just going to go all out for this last one because Deadpool did so well. Like, let's give them some stuff for Wolverine and, yeah. and let them have some fun with it. A lot of weird stuff happening in the X-Men universe. Lot, a lot of weird stuff. Uh, which brings us to the very last, I guess, uh, X-Men point is that New Mutants mm-hmm. is looking to film in 2017. All right. Um, so I guess... After uh, Wolverine 3 is kind of done, I guess, maybe early 2017. And Professor X is also part of that movie. Man, uh, Patrick Stewart state. Patrick Stewart well, just doesn't want to get out of this, does he? Well, I, we don't know if that's Patrick Stewart or James McAvoy. Oh, I uh, see. That one, uh, we don't know where New Mutants takes place uh, in the timeline. That's so, true, yeah. I would say uh, McAvoy over Stewart in that one. but <laughs> It's funny how you say his name. I think it's McAvoy. I don't care. I, <laughs> I don't care how, right now. I I could say anything and it sound funny. Yeah, that's I'm like true. Like Joe Pesci and uh, my cousin Vinny. Yeah, just bl- just blame it on the the the, the allergies, the post nasal drip, what have you. Yeah, well, just like you know, give me a word, any word, and I'll pronounce it funny for you for a nickel. Like uh, zucchini. Uh, zucchini. <laughs> See, that go. wasn't as funny as I as I thought it was, but it was funny. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. Zachini. Zachini. Oh, okay. Like. Okay. Okay. Either okay. way, let's let's talk about something you don't want to hear about. Okay. Fantastic Four Two. Oh, I don't like hearing a, a number after that. We don't yeah. need any numbers after that. <laughs> so again, per Simon Kinberg, at uh, a thing says Fantastic Four Two could still happen with the original cast. And they're saying the cast, um, Michael G, Michael B. Yes. Jordan, and, and what have you. 
Yeah, I don't believe him. Yeah. I think I, I think this is all press words that he has to say until something's officially announced. Yeah, I almost think um, – so there's no way to confirm this. I would love – I would love to know if this is true, but I feel like the battlefield for um, the the rights of these characters is almost waged in the public. Like we like to think that the, all these executives are like meeting in like a dark and like dark office rooms, or they're like going into back rooms at clubs, and they're like uh, they're like talking about like oh well if you want if you want Spider Man Marvel you're gonna have to do this, and I'm gonna go back to Sony and tell them this. I think almost they're just like we're gonna put this out into the public. So we see how they react. So I think Fox is just kind of like, hey, Marvel, we know you want Fantastic Four. And guess what? We could still make another one. You don't have them yet. So how about you fork over a couple more percentage points on our revenue sharing end, and then you can have them. So I feel like this is kind of waged like, uh, like transparently in front of us. We just don't really know it. I like to think of it as more like Civil War, the Fantastic Four Accords that Marvel's mm-hmm. presenting. Like, you messed up. Look at your collateral damage. You need to sign these accords, Fox, and let us work <laughs> with you. And Simon Kenberg is taking it. He's like, no, no, we can do it. I believe it. Like, we, the fourth time, fifth time is the charm, guys. We can do this. <laughs> and, and I think Fox is like, I don't know. I think, I think we just cut our losses. So Yeah, uh, honestly, I think... If there was going to be a Fantastic Four 2, I honestly would have to, like, I'd have to, like, put my foot down. I think I would actually have to be like, no, we're not going to do a spoiler cast. I'm not going to give you any money. I'm not going to give you, like, any anything that you want, Fox, because you don't deserve the Fantastic Four. You would, fucked it up too many times. Would you sign a Change.org petition <laughs> to get it pulled? I've never signed any Change.org petition because they do nothing. <laughs> well, well, uh, this is your chance to, to try it out, Mike. If, if you feel that strongly, I think you should sign one. So, if it comes to fruition, we will let you know the moment it is announced. However, we here at Superhero Slate believe Marvel's Phase 4 will be, it'll start with Fantastic Four. Yeah. That would be so, awesome. So we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed, guys. We'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And that speaking of Spider Man and Marvel, let's get on to Avengers: Infinity War. Okay. Uh, so a little bit of updates on this. The characters will fluctuate between parts one and parts two. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. We've kind of said they're kind of two distinct movies, so I could see the cast being different. Yeah. So like the characters who have a small part in like one movie will have a larger part in the other, and vice versa. So um, that's that's really cool to know um, that they're already thinking about this. You know, they're not just like we just need to make it big and powerful and explosions and up the ante. So yeah, I'm interested to see kind of what that is. Maybe what the the universe looks like post uh, uh, Infinity War mm-hmm. because I think this could be if they want to do a soft reboot before they launch. This is a chance to maybe get rid of some of their bigger name actors and and replace them if they want to. So Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to take a, a shot in the dark here. This is going to be kind of an Infinity War prediction. Let's, let's I'll I'll see how it uh how it wages out. But since they're kind of uh separating these movies as two distinct things, but they're what they're a year apart, right? One yes, and they're, okay. they're both uh, May of of 2018-2019. And is there one movie or two movies in between them? Two. Okay. Uh well, technically three. So it's Infinity War Part One, uh-huh. Captain Marvel, um, and then like Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp, uh-huh. and then I guess it would be the next one, yeah. Okay, because there's three, there's three a year, and I, I, they don't have any lined up in 2019 after Infinity War Two yeah. now. So, yeah, it's it's that way. Yeah. So my my theory is going to be, um, 
they will be there will be some sort of adversary in part one and they will defeat the adversary uh you know typical three-act structure bad guy comes in beat up the bad guy bad guy beats us up we beat him again then he goes away so i think at the end of the part one there's going to be some sort of like countdown like maybe thanos won't exactly be in part one but at the end of it they'll be like hey thanos is on his way he's going to be arriving in earth in like one year or something like that and then maybe we'll pick up on this story in one year so maybe uh any movies that happen to fall in that timeline will be like oh we, there's a threat coming and maybe it affects my movie in the meantime so that's that's going to kind of be my theory that there's going to be some sort of like time constraint established at the end of part one and that's going to ramp up into part two so that i guess that would be my way of doing like oh to be continued so that's kind of just an idea we'll see if it pans out <laughs> yeah well the only thing i, I have the only thing that would do is if it was a guardians movie Mm-hmm. And then they landed on Earth and said Thanos is coming because nobody else has any cosmic knowledge. Maybe maybe Doctor Strange. Well, I mean, uh, um, Captain Marvel will bring some uh, some cosmicness in there if she is introduced. Her movie is technically uh, two films after Infinity War Part One. Mm-hmm. So um, and then A Man of the Wasp. I don't see how that would be affected too much. Like how what they could do for do for Thanos, do for Thanos, but, for Thanos, but for Infinity War. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of mystical variables, but it starts filming later this year, early next year. So I'm really excited to kind of see where that goes. And yeah, it'll be it'll be kind of weird to see the um, the universe kind of uh, grow large again. I mean, a Civil War was kind of a, a very contained film to just those specific heroes. Yeah, they did kind of globe trot uh, in, in different cities across the the world, but it was just kind of contained to like these sets of people, just in in different pretty uh in pretty uh, spots. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see them kind of uh, deal with the idea of like space and the galactic thing. So. And things beyond just uh, the planet, so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> safe to say. Yeah, it sounds like it definitely for sure. In that case, let's talk about Civil War since you kind of brought it up. It's a little bit of a, a, a mystery thing here. I saw it for the third time this weekend. If you guys have seen it more than once or twice, let us know. I'm interested to see how many times other people watched it. I think I got mm-hmm. one more in me. I think I got one more in me. Um, cool, cool. But with the other seven times I've watched it that aren't <laughs> in the theater, uh, I definitely like it. I, I, it's one of those movies I can I can put on now and just watch. Uh, cool. So I'm really excited. A little fun fact: Chadwick Boseman, who played Black Panther, spoke in his accent during the entire production, like the method actor would. Um, that accent was boss. That he, was that was some bossy Boseman. He, th- there's there's that's the first that's the first great accent. And the second great accent I think is Bucky's Russian. Um, mm. When he says "ready to comply" in Russian, it is like spot on, creepy, spooky, awesome. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think he had to speak that during the whole production. He's just like yeah. he's like Bozeman was like, "You got it easy. You got like one word you got to do." Yeah, yeah. No, well, what if he did? That's all. That's that is all Sebastian Sands said during. Oh my god, he's so annoying. Like, oh god damn it, here comes Sebastian. <laughs> oh, everybody avoid him. Uh, he's gonna say something. We know what it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. And a little box office update for you guys since it's one week uh-huh. out. One week in America out, okay? $940 million worldwide. Woo. Okay. Nice change. That's $100 million more than Batman v Superman. Sorry. But that's the only movie we have to compare it to this year of that size. Um, it's the sixth highest superhero film ever. Um, so that's really awesome. 
And you know, it's kind of funny. We're talking uh, like sixth highest grossing superhero film of all time, like nearly a billion dollars in one week. And I'm just sitting over here thinking, I thought it was going to do a little bit better. Like I knew I, this is totally enough money. Like they definitely succeeded, but I was expecting maybe some more records to be broken with all of the high profile characters in the movie, especially with Spider-Man. But I guess just once uh, you've had so many superhero movies out uh, every single year, I guess that eventually they're not going to be able to break as many records. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it had a, like a slow start. This this movie is one of those films that doesn't have anything in it that neat makes you go back and watch it again, other than the fight scenes. Like you don't have to watch it multiple times to get it, or the, all the Easter eggs, or all like the extra secrets. So mm-hmm. I think that really attributes to why maybe people aren't watching it more. But it's. Uh, it's definitely getting up there. I'm looking at the the box office mojo ranks right now. It's in the top ten for a lot of things, like mm-hmm. top five, but it never is not the top one. And I think, you know, maybe it's because it is a Captain America movie, not an Avengers film. Uh, yeah, may, may, maybe it does come down to that just that little bit. Maybe just having the word Avengers in there is just enough to get it a uh, get it up uh, uh, bumped up a couple. But either way, still a great job, Marvel. Yeah, yeah, kudos to you. And th- also, this movie now makes the Marvel Studios films, all 13 of them, a $10 billion franchise. They have Ooh. made $10 billion between 13 films. That's crazy. Uh, that's almost that's almost a uh, billion dollars per film. And that includes um, such, uh, you know, non-money-making films such as The Incredible Hulk, the first Thor and first Captain America. So they've really... Uh, up their ante in the past few years. Yeah, no kidding. So that kudos, Marvel. We uh, we like what you do. Uh, I got home from Michigan today, right? I drove six uh-huh. hours. Walking the door, my fiance is watching Avengers. I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess this makes sense. So they're they're getting our money, that's for sure. And we're gonna jump back a little bit about Black Panther. We we're talking Black Panther earlier. I'm gonna jump, talk a little bit about the Black Panther movie coming up. Really excited about this. Mm-hmm. Really excited about Black Panther. Uh, the actress Lupita Nyong'o is in talks to have a role in the film. She played uh, Maz Kanata in The Force Awakens. Uh, okay. Um, and I believe she has other films. I, maybe Twelve Years a Slave. I one of those films. I don't remember which one. I don't have those notes pulled up in front of me. But I think she's to play the Black Panther's sister, uh, who is uh, a character named Shuri. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the Black Panther is the king of Wakanda, and we've not really seen what else exists there, but I can definitely see her being his sister, um, or, or someone of, of higher power that he associates yeah. with. I mean, it looks like, a uh, nerd movies cross-pollinate their, their people for sure, so they're just like, Maz, Force Awakens, of course you can be in our Marvel oh, Disney's like, yeah, well, you can borrow our actresses. <laughs> it's all our money in the end anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that was cool. What's really, here's a big, here's a big, uh, I guess, name and slash... Not shocker, but Michael B. Jordan, who played the Human Torch, mm-hmm. has joined Black Panther in an unspecified yeah, and, role. And I think that says a lot because uh, I think we're we're all positive he is not going to be the Human Torch in this movie. So we know there's not going to be any sort of like bizarre like crossover between that Fantastic Four existing franchise from Fox over onto this movie. But I think it's it's safe to say that um, Michael B. Jordan is now joining the Marvel Universe. So I think he is safely putting the Fantastic Four universe behind him. Yeah, I mean, as we all should. We should bury it six <laughs> feet deep and, and make sure, you know, it can't reanimate itself. But uh, Michael B. Jordan has worked with Ryan Coogler, the director on the past his past three films, I think Creed and Fruitvale Station. So mm-hmm. kind of non, I guess, not really surprised he joined, but that's really cool. He's 
open to working with superhero films again after the travesty that was Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah, and, I, and it makes me think uh, when you get someone like Michael B. Jordan in a movie, especially when he's uh, super chummy with the director, he's going to have a big role for sure. Yeah, I totally think so. Well, he's not a small name actor either, so mm. um, I, I definitely look look forward to seeing him. You know, maybe suit up and fight and do some you know real cool superhero stuff. And uh, honestly, this is probably the most we've mentioned Fantastic Four the movie since <laughs> the movie came out, which I'm really yeah, I think that's true. I'm really I'm really impressed with that. So uh, it's never it's never positive though. We can no. say that. No, unless it's <laughs> HIV positive, Mike. Oh, oh, man. But we're just going to drop that. We're just going to drop it. So Black Panther, <laughs> really excited for it. February 2018, the last movie before uh, uh, Infinity War number one. And I think a lot of people are excited for Black Panther now that they've seen them. So I'm glad that mm-hmm. movie's got some support behind it. So we're going to move on to Thor Ragnarok. You've heard of it? It's a movie. Yeah, I've heard of it. I'm okay. Excited. It's got Hulk in it. It's a Hulk Thor team up film. That's confirmed. Um, mm-hmm. 80 to 90% of the film are in other realms, the eight other realms other than Sweet. Earth. So Awesome. That's a Kevin Feige cool. fact. You can quote me on that. <laughs> you can quote me quoting him. So, yes. Okay. And this is my best news to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's no Natalie Portman in this movie. Yeah, get out of here, Natalie Portman. Not saying that you're not an accomplished actor, but I just, I've never liked you in these Thor movies. Like, so people, people love to dog on the Thor movies. You know, sometimes you just need a sour point in, in a good friend in a good uh, series of movies just so you can get in your jabs because it can be fun. But I've really never been, um, I've never been that big of a, a fan of dog in the Thor movies. They, they're not bad movies. I've seen way worse superhero movies. We were just talking about one fantastic four. Uh, they're just, they're fun. They're good times. They're, they're more visually interesting than most of the Marvel movies out there because you get a lot more mystical stuff out there. I mean, I'm thinking back to the dark world where they were, they were in those like weird, like flying, like literally ships, those boats, the flying boats. Uh-huh. And that was just, those were kind of cool. Those were interesting designs. So, um, I, you know, the only parts I really didn't like is when Natalie Portman was involved. I really didn't care for the love story between Thor and, uh, with Jane Foster. So I'm hoping with the no Natalie Portman, he can get with the girl that deserves his attention. And that's going to be Sif. Ooh, pulling for the Sif, huh? So yeah. I, I don't care either way. Natalie Portman again, <laughs> not a bad actress, just not really the strongest point in those films. So yeah, um, no love lost here. Uh, that's that's for sure. So I'm really excited for yeah. Thor Ragnarok. We'll let you guys know as that uh, moves into production later this year. Yeah, so much for that post credit scene in Dark World where he comes back and gives her a kiss. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna write her out, but uh, they'll find a way. Yeah. Well, they they always find a way. Yeah. Well, and that brings us to let's talk about a little something more street level. Marvel's Defenders. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, this film's back to back with Jessica Jones season two. Per uh, the actress who plays Jessica Jones, I can't think of her name. Oh, it's on my head. I feel bad now. Uh, oh, it's on. It is it, uh, K. It starts with a K, doesn't it? Uh, 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 Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter. There we go. I was yeah, like Cat Dennings. That's Thor. Wrong, wrong <laughs> series. Uh, so Kristen Ritter said that uh, the Defenders and Jessica Jones will film back to back and with a little bit of crossover. So it sounds like uh, I guess the Phase Two of the TV universe will be uh, ripe with Jessica Jones. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, what we got coming up here is we're going to get Luke Cage here in the fall. Luke Cage is gonna is gonna wrap up and then we're gonna continue and probably get Iron Fist probably early maybe not early in the year but maybe around the same time we got daredevil march this year, march, so march april range. march <clears throat> and then uh maybe the tail into summer uh maybe fall again we'll get defenders and then if they keep this track up you know kind of like uh spring fall 
Uh, we'll get uh, maybe Jessica Jones season two. Um, what would that be? That'd, spring. That'd be spring. Yeah. The Defenders would be September. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. 2018. 2018. 2018 for Jessica Jones, basically. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. So um, they're also also going to put Defenders filming at the same time as Avengers Infinity War filming, uh, in my mind. Mm. So maybe that's where we'll get them. If they're filming both things at the same time, we can uh, uh-huh. get some cross-pollination. I hope what, what do you think is going to pop up after Jessica Jones season two? Punisher. Punisher? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, if they don't put the Punisher in the Defenders, I could see him being a very uh, good aspect of the Defenders as well. Um, maybe. He, maybe. It's possible. He's the only person who has projectiles, I guess. Everyone else is a street crawler. <laughs> um, so that's where I would to say, oh, they give him a little variety. Maybe he'll fire that yeah. machine gun for us. Yeah, please. <laughs> so uh, really excited for the Defenders. Glad to hear Jessica Jones Season 2 is moving along. And uh, we'll get more of, I guess, that Phase 2 announcements uh, maybe later this year. So... Knock on wood. Now we're going to get to the saddest part of the show. This is where we're going <laughs> to well, talk about some really I think, sad things. I think that's subjective with the first topic. Well, yeah, this is <laughs> on the whole, Preparation H feels good. But this is a very sad segment of the show <laughs> to me because we're going to talk about cancellations. Yeah, these were kind of the surprises. Uh, some When things get canceled, sometimes it's not a surprise because you're just like, oh, they're canceling the grinder. Okay, that was a weird name for a TV show anyway, and I, the, I wasn't expecting that to go anywhere. Uh, but some things got canceled, and it, it shocked it, at least my household. So first up is something Mike may sounds like he's not interested in, is Disney Infinity. <laughs> uh, the video game series has been canceled. The last release will be Finding Dory playset, but that means no more Marvel pieces either. Uh, which is kind of sad because I, I got the last one a week before this happened with all the characters. It's really cool. I sent Mike the picture uh, of, of all my characters, but uh, I'm really sad. The game was getting better in the third iteration. I think it really hit a stride. But I mean, was did was it really the game? If the toys didn't exist, would you ever have bothered with Disney Infinity? Oh, yeah. I think the, the, the Star Wars levels were really, really fantastic. I, I really like those. Um, I also have all the characters lining up, and uh, not all of them, a bunch of characters lined up in front of my soundbar downstairs. They, they make really good mantle pieces if you're a collector for toys. Yeah, they're cool. I I mean, uh, the Disney Infinity stuff, even on the, the Nintendo side, the Amiibo things, all those toys are always, they're crafted really, really cool because most of the time toys, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but usually, most of the time toys are made for little kids and they want to play with them. So they give them hinges and they articulate and they just don't look as cool. But when you kind of just make these little stacks, things they're just making them look really really awesome they're kind of bringing like uh the video game to life you know it's i'm sure that's like a like a tagline for a commercial out there for these things but game to yeah life. i guess game to life was the uh, skylanders uh motto actually <laughs> yeah i guess yeah i guess you'll just have to get your uh your physical fix from your from your uh, funko pops yeah well i think the the bigger implication of this is that disney is no longer in-house publishing any games they close mm-hmm. their their studios so they'll be licensing all their games out from here on out and as we kind of seen with star wars battlefront uh, it's not that good like it's fun for a little bit but it doesn't have any longevity so yeah hopefully maybe they- i maybe it just comes down to they just they just don't want to deal with the whole video game thing mm. i think it and i think that kind of makes sense maybe from a business point of view because there's so much work that goes into making a game especially like a triple a game i mean that really takes whole like uh studios you know they do that type of thing so i guess they're just like we're just gonna farm it out to the people that can do it best but uh, maybe maybe one day maybe one day they'll get back into the video game thing but yeah 
I, I don't know. Yeah, the Lego game might be cool. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't affect Mike, but for me, I'm like, oh, okay, I have all these toys now, and they're not going to do anything. So I got <laughs> to figure out what I'm going to do. Uh, next up is is probably the biggest news, the saddest news, and probably rocked your house mm-hmm. and mine pretty well too. Agent Carter has been canceled. Yeah, man. Officially, and I think I think, and we can just go ahead and, and bring up the next uh, bit of news too, uh, because I it kind of ties together and with me is that uh, Marvel's Most Wanted is also you can't even really say canceled, but they're just not gonna go forward with it. Yes, so that means Marvel has essentially, while we thought we were gonna get three shows next year, possibly just mm-hmm. down to one. Oh. Yeah, and the the craziest thing is, is we all assumed that like, oh, that the, the ratings on Agent Carter haven't been that great, so they're probably going to drop it and in, in favor for this Marvel's most wanted show, and uh, so we were just like, oh no, that you know this show doesn't seem it's like it's going to be as good as Agent Carter, so why do we have to lose Agent Carter? And then they're like, oh no, you're getting it all, you're getting Agent Carter, you're getting Marvel's most wanted, we're still going to have Agents of Shield, it's going to be great, you're all going to be awesome, we're going to have a great time, and then they just <laughs> they just like write these characters off of Agents of shield and they're like hey guess what now you're not getting your own show we're ditching agent carter we're we're just having a fire sale everything must go so i just don't understand like what's going on here like are they just going to do the typical thing now that they do uh with shows where they just kind of do more reruns for a couple weeks they just go on hiatus for like a month or two and then they're just like what abc's playing like reality shows in, in its spot or something i don't know what are they going to do <laughs> uh, yeah it's a good question i like the current setup where they just uh they, they, they show them all in a row. I hate yeah. having to guess when shows come back. My thoughts on this whole process is I wish Agent Carter had a, like a, a send-off episode because we ended mm-hmm. on a cliffhanger, and it needs a send-off, uh, honestly. I think she deserves at least one half-hour or hour special to kind of send her off. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a petition going around to get her on Netflix. I don't think that's going to go anywhere, uh, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think maybe if Netflix wasn't already doing their own thing with uh, their Marvel Universe, it possibly could have happened, but it's just going to get more confusing where they're like, oh, we have these really awesome high-profile Netflix show that all fit into this one time frame and they're all going to unite, but then we're going to have this one-off show that's a period piece. I mean, I, as much as I would love to see more Agent Carter, I don't think Netflix is the right platform for it, but also at the same time, um, you know, we kind of have seen the ultimate culmination of the Agent Carter story in Civil War. So maybe maybe Marvel just feels like, you know, that's enough. You've seen the end of Peggy Carter's story, you know, in 2016. Uh, maybe that's enough for them. I don't know. It's, it's so sad. I mean, season two wasn't as good as season one in my mind, but it definitely didn't need to be canceled. Well, yeah, I th- well, I think if, if it hadn't ended on a cliffhanger, the first season did not. The first season could stand by itself, but this one ended on a cliffhanger, and they need to, to wrap that up and tell us who Pe- Peggy married, because honestly, that's my biggest question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who did she marry? Is it is it Agent Sousa? I think so. Uh, it could be very wrong, but uh, man, we're not going to get any more Jarvis. That's that's kind of what made me the most sad. Is like yeah. we've we've had uh, Peggy in one shots. We've had her pop up in like other movies, like uh, Ant Man and stuff like that. But I was just like, no more Jarvis. Jarvis was like my favorite part of the show, and I was just like, oh man, oh well. Yeah, she's she's gone a long time. So we hope we see it. My my theory is on this that Marvel TV is taking the budget from these TV shows. And they're going to reinvest in getting three Netflix series a year to match the films. Hmm, because th- it's all shared budget. That's my theory. It's all shared budget in Marvel TV. 
and that's not own. Like, technically, they don't report to Disney directly. They still go through the Ike Perlmutter, the the bitter guy who almost didn't want to pay Robert Downey Jr. to be in Civil War, which would have been a mistake. <laughs> um, so I think they're pulling their budget back and they're going to refocus on their Netflix efforts and maybe double down a little bit. So maybe that's I mean that's I, the best case scenario, but I I don't know what we're going to see. Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think about uh, Marvel's Most Wanted? Because. Uh, uh, me and my wife have different uh, differing opinions about what we think might happen with Shield and this show. So, what do what do you think? I think uh, the the characters will come back next season in some inexplicable yeah. way because they're they're the two of the best likable characters, and, and someone's gonna die. The finale is this week of on Shield, uh, two hour mm-hmm. finale on Tuesday night, two hours, mind you, two hours. Um, someone's gonna die. And they're going to have to <laughs> fill that hole on S.H.I.E.L.D. With, by bringing these people back. My theory is that Mac is the one who dies, and that's what brings him back in um, to, yeah, to the team. But, I, I, again, I, 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 we haven't seen most one of them. We don't know what it could have been, so I don't, I don't, I'm not too heartbroken about it. I'm just sad we don't get as much Marvel as there are freaking CW DC shows. Which, yeah, I, I need to add something to this. So continue. Yeah, but yeah, it, but it does make me wonder kind of what's going to happen um, with ABC and these Marvel shows. Because we are supposedly going to be getting that uh, comedy Marvel series. So it makes me wonder where that fits in. And also, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has kind of not been doing as well as I think as some people think it's doing. Uh, I, I went on and I checked the ratings for the for the show a couple weeks ago just out of curiosity. And it's not doing as well as Flash is. And I guarantee Flash has a smaller budget so and a smaller audience. So And it's, and it's still getting more viewership. So, yeah, it really makes me wonder if there's going to be maybe kind of like a refresh or a reboot with S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe along the lines. They're going to need to bring in some new faces. Kill off maybe a couple characters you know do what you got to do but i don't think abc is gonna let shield die yeah well if abc doesn't disney won't uh that's that'll be the say disney will say abc you keep the show on for at least five seasons i think it'll get five. Yeah, we'll give you a we'll give you a shield bailout <laughs> yeah. do what you got to do get people watching this show again yeah uh, I, I like shield shield's really good right now i'm excited for the finale i don't know what's gonna happen uh that kind of brings me to a show that did get a reboot didn't last very long is the muppets uh, oh man, canned. you haven't talked about the Muppets in a long time. Yeah, well, <laughs> which is which is probably appropriate. We're not exactly a Muppet show, but we I let you carve out a space for the Muppets because I know how much you love those guys. I do, and honestly, the show wasn't that good. Like it had funny <laughs> moments, but like they were trying way too hard, and it was just landing flat. So I'm kind of glad the show's canceled. Oh, Maybe we'll get a movie in a couple years to make up for it. Because those tend to be better. So, mm-hmm. uh, knock on wood. And then we're going to bring in... This is... I kind of mark this as kind of sad, kind of weird, but Supergirl yeah. is coming to the CW. Yeah. For season two. is... It... I don't... Okay, so... So let, let, let's go back in time a little bit. We, we were talking about Supergirl. When Supergirl was first announced, and even before it like aired, and even when it was close to airing, we were still not 100% sure what universe Supergirl lived in. At, at first, we weren't sure if it was going to be in the, in the cinematic universe for Warner Brothers, and then we found out that wasn't going to happen. But the, we were like, hey, this could still be in the CW universe. It kind of feels like it's in the same universe, so why not? And then uh, we were basically talking between the two of us. We're like, hey, well, if the show does really, really good, they don't need the CW. They'll they'll say they live in their own universe, and we're just fine. And then, when I, then I was saying if they're really, really bad, they're going to need the help of the CW, and they'll try to cross-promote. And then I guess they found this weird middle ground where the Flash was just going to be in a different Earth, a different universe, and he was just going to jump over and visit. So if Supergirl 
moves to the CW, does she permanently join the universe? Because, I mean, I I don't think it's necessarily the audience that they're trying to find. I think they need to somehow stitch them together a little bit. So what is Supergirl and all of her friends going to fall through a wormhole and have to recreate a new life in season two in this new planet? Or I don't know. It's just it's really, really weird. But um, what do you think? Well, it'll be the only show on CW that's not in the same universe. Uh, and we can see how much Flash cares about it because they've glossed over it in literally two seconds uh, yeah. on the episode. And I, yeah, I kind of have to look for it to see where they kind of did it. And I, I just, if it's not working, give up on it. Like, <laughs> just just quit while you're ahead. But if they want to try to try it for season two on CW at lower costs and lower productions, go for it. Maybe you'll get better stories that way, but... I, I don't yeah. I don't see it getting to season three, buddy. I just yeah. I just don't see it. I, it they're gonna need to to somehow be in that uh, shared universe, or they're not gonna get the benefits of being on the CW. And frankly, it's just gonna confuse people because they're gonna be like, well, why can't Supergirl go help them? You know, uh, but. I you know we I think we'll get a chance to talk more about these TV shows when they wrap up and we kind of do our um, our superhero TV uh, uh, season wrap up. Uh, So I'll I'll save most of my thoughts for Arrow and Flash then. But that's crazy news. I mean, we got some weird news this week. (laughs) It is true, and that kind of ties in with this bit. Is uh, Sci-Fi has ordered the Krypton series to pilot. So who cares? (laughs) Yep. So a lot of a lot of strange stuff. A lot of things we thought we liked getting booted, and a lot of things we're really not sure on getting revitalized. I don't know. How do you make Krypton an entertaining show without a big budget? I mean, it's like a whole alien planet with a bunch of like fantastical things happening. I I just don't see them managing that on sci-fi. You know, I I don't either. But you know what? I'll give them. I'll give them one try. I'll give them one All try, right. and and then we'll figure out we've oversaturated the DC market, and everyone's confused <laughs> because technically they have three now possibly four universes going on at the same time. Yeah, and all different networks. Very confusing. Yeah, it's very, very confusing. Which brings us to another DC series going on a different <laughs> network. Powerless, the TV show, has been picked up to series by NBC. Yeah, they are they are diversifying, that's for sure. And we got three images from the pilot episode showing Vanessa Hudgens as the main character, and then we get a quick peek at the Crimson Fox saving a, it looks like a train or a bus. Um, mm-hmm. We also get a look at uh, Danny Pudi, your, your favorite. Ooh, I love Danny Pudi. I'm going to watch anything he's in. Like, this doesn't, like, this doesn't, this wouldn't even have to be a shared universe with anything. This doesn't have to be, this could just be generic superheroes not attached to a universe, and I would still watch it because Danny Pudi's the man. Yeah, and then uh, lastly, we got uh, Alan, is that say Tudyk? Yeah, Tudyk. Uh, and it says, uh, please forgive me, dash Dell in his hand, but uh, he looks to be, like, maybe a higher up in his suit, maybe uh, a president or a, an executive of this company. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, it looks... Okay, I guess they got these people, these people in there who could be funny. Uh, I don't know how funny Vanessa Hudgens is, um, <laughs> but everybody else looks like they could be okay. I, I don't have any feelings regardless. I This is probably, um, outside of The Flash, the other DC TV show I'd, I'd probably check out once or twice. And I think it's going to have a rough start, mainly because... Um, Trailers for new TV shows are never very good because they you can never really fit the vibe of a TV show, especially a comedy, uh, in a trailer. So I feel like they're going to cut it and it's going to be very weird. I can almost imagine us talking about this in a couple months. Be like, hey, trailer for Powerless. And we'll be like, yeah, that was really, really weird. We'll just have to see how it, it, it works out in the show. So 
we're not going to know anything until we watch that pilot. Yeah, yeah, or or the trailer. So I mean, I, regardless, I uh, I'm okay with this. I I don't I'm not vehemently disgusted by it, but I think it adds a <laughs> universe that could be really confusing for the average viewers. So I don't know. I like the Marvel approach, but guess what? We don't get the, we don't always get everything we want, Mike. I'm a little bitter about it. Can you tell? <laughs> Cold medicine's kicking in. Huh. Oh well. Yeah. All right. Wonder Woman has officially wrapped production. All right. So, um, trailer? Can we get a trailer soon? I, <laughs> I Well, this movie does not come out for over a year. Uh, I believe no, I it's don't care. June 2017. Um, June 2nd, 2017. Which is typical of DC to, to get the movie done and spend, you know, explicit amount of months. I guess that's 14, 15 I guess thirteen or fourteen months in post production, trying to tweak it and make a movie out of it. Yeah, uh, I was I was really hoping by May twenty sixteen, Warner Brothers wouldn't be fighting an uphill fight anymore, but they still are. So I'm hoping we get a, like a really sweet Wonder Woman trailer that gets me super stoked. Maybe maybe we'll see something right around the time Suicide Squad. Yep drops so hopefully we'll get an awesome suicide squad movie and we'll be like holy crap i can't wait for the sequel of that that was amazing oh did you see batman when he was in it for a couple seconds that was really cool makes me excited for his standalone movie oh did you see the trailer in front of that for the wonder one movie oh that's awesome that looks totally fresh it looks totally unique it doesn't look like they're going for the pitfalls of a super dark batman versus superman movie and then maybe we can kind of get this off on the right foot yeah yeah definitely i think uh, we're gonna see justice league and wonder woman footage at san diego comic-con this year um, mm. So uh, we'll we'll definitely keep our eyes open for that. And now it's wrap production. They'll probably have a lot of finished stuff by by Comic Con as well. So mm-hmm. knock on wood. Uh, that brings us to the other footage we talked about. Justice League could be at San Diego Comic Con. Um, the rumor right now is that the main villain is a character called Steppenwolf, not the band. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, the uncle of Darkseid. And we saw him in our first cutscene clip from Batman v Superman. Uh, he looks like a little horned guy holding three boxes. Uh, yeah, and. I guess, I don't know if we had any confirmation, but is that him or is that like a 3D Kryptonian projection of him? That's a that's a projection. That's him talking to uh, Lex Luthor in the, the bloody wake of uh, Doomsday leaving. So mm-hmm. he's kind of getting, maybe, maybe it could be before. This could be like how Lex kind of went crazy. But he's got these three little floating boxes called Mother Boxes with him. And mm-hmm. we saw Mother Boxes in the film uh, with, that's what created Cyborg. One of those little boxes creates the body Mm -hmm. of Cyborg. Also, the rumor tied into this is that the Atlanteans, humans, and Amazonians teamed up before dozens, or I guess dozens, decades ago to send uh, Steppenwolf or Darkseid away from Earth. Hmm. All right. And that Black Canary in this film will be a descendant of the original Black, the Black Canary resistant group from that history. Oh, um, I mean that—that's kind of cool. I like—I kind of like that. I don't know if that's canon for the DC universe, but I kind of like that idea. Yeah. So uh, as as we know, um, I'm, I'm gonna spoil Arrow. If not, click to the next thing. But uh, the Black Canary died in that in the show, mm-hmm. leaving room for her to come into the movie universe, and that's kind of why I think they did that. Um, that's what DC does. They kill them off in their TV show and then make a movie for them. The Suicide I, I, Squad did the same it's thing. Possible, yeah. So that's why Harley Quinn has never been an Arrow or Flash. So um, just kind of point that out. So that's the members of Justice League. It sounds interesting. Maybe we'll see some space battles. Maybe some some flashbacks. I don't know. Um, hope- I don't care what it is as long as I like it. Yeah, it could be anything as long as it's good. I think I think this is the movie we're kind of waiting for. Um, uh, Batman v Superman could have been this, but maybe they'll they'll take some lessons and learn. I don't know. Cautiously optimistic. 
<laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Oh, well. Beyond that is the Green Lantern Corps, another DC film, after we you know had a really bad Green Lantern experience in 2011 with Ryan Reynolds, who's gone on to do great things. Uh, that, that release has been moved back five weeks um, mm-hmm. to give it room, breathing room, from a Marvel film. Um, so it was before, it was two weeks ahead of a Marvel, unannounced Marvel film, and now it is three weeks after an unannounced Marvel film. So uh, I think that's a smart move, but now we'll see if Marvel moves theirs around to play leapfrog with them. Um, yeah, Warner Brothers has to pivot. <laughs> uh, Marvel doesn't have to anymore. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, we definitely seen what uh, Civil War can do in two weeks, let alone what uh, a Marvel movie could do in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely destroy something. Uh, now the last bit, three bits of news here. Uh, Godzilla Two has been moved back. It's been uh, pushed back. I know you're you're sad and disappointed, and we'll probably cry yourself <laughs> to sleep over it. Uh, right. But also, the director <laughs> Gareth Edwards has left the film. Oh, that's not good. Uh, that's not good at all. Yeah, so I uh, <laughs> don't really know why he left. No no uh, information on that. Uh, but I believe he is working on a Star Wars film right now uh, called Rogue One. So yeah. maybe Star Wars, maybe he's taking more time with Star Wars than he wants to. Maybe Star Wars wants him to do other stuff. I would I would lean towards Star Wars and Disney before I'd ever lean towards Godzilla, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I think that's a smart move on his part. He can if, if you do a Star Wars movie, you can do anything but Godzilla. That's that's what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> uh, that leaves Godzilla versus King Kong with kind of a firmer release date of uh, 2019. Yeah, I mean we I, we've talked about this movie like a little bit. I have a, the same feeling towards this Godzilla King Kong movie as I do with that Universal monster movie with like uh, the werewolves and the vampires and Tom Cruise and uh, whoever else is in it. It just kind of seems like a fun idea and it's just kind of like, hey, why not? You know, uh, I can't imagine there's a lot of King Kong Godzilla purists out there. Maybe a little bit more on the Godzilla side, but like, hell yeah, throw them in a movie and have them fight. I don't care. (laughs) Okay, so I was wrong. So Godzilla 2 is now 2019, moved back nine months, and Godzilla vs. King Kong is 2020. So, uh, yeah, either way. Yeah, let's let them fight. I mean, maybe throw in some robots. Maybe we'll get a Pacific Rim crossover. Oh, don't. Oh, get me too excited. Uh, Pacific, maybe. Pacific Rim 2 is moving forward with the new scriptwriter, Mike. So, uh, <sighs> yes. <laughs> uh, we're, we'll probably get that sooner or later. Just want to throw that out there while we're talking about it. Mm, uh, that makes me happy. Yeah, great. So, in the last bit of news, is something really interesting. Uh, is I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, is the Assassin's Creed trailer. Yeah, this this was uh this was interesting. I didn't know it was coming. It kind of came out of nowhere. With these kind of video game trailers, uh, I wouldn't say we're not on the ball with them, but we're not like predicting them down to the day or sometimes even hour when we'll get to watch them. But um, to tell you, I guess maybe the level of excitement I have for this trailer was I saw that it was announced and the first time I watched it was like just on my uh, iPhone. Usually I try to go the little extra step of at least getting on like my MacBook and watching it on a slightly bigger screen. But I was just like, ah, oh, this is just an Assassin's Creed trailer. I think the for the first viewing, I can look at it on my iPhone. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, so I watched this and I the thing that sticks out to me really bad is the music choice. Yeah, yeah. I was, that's the one thing I was going to bring up too. So... Other than that, if you take the music out, I think it looks like a great movie. Like, this looks like a better adaptation of any video game uh, I've seen to date uh, than any of the other ones. And again, it could be a trailer fooling us. But they cut it. That song makes me think it's a video game trailer because they'll use rap music in video game trailers. Like that crazy, those crazy kids in their crazy rap music. Like, I mean, I think it's just it's just a poor choice. It doesn't really fit the vibe of especially like 
time traveling back to these older like ages with like assassins i don't think kanye when i think that i think kanye could sell maybe other types of movies with his music just fine i got no problem with his music but uh it just does not fit with assassin's creed and case in point there's some people out there that are doing audio edits and throwing in other tracks um we'll link to one in the show notes i'm sure there's others out there but one where they linked an assassin's creed score uh, I think it's called like Ezo's Family or something. I think that's the name of the song. But I listen. I watched the trailer again with that audio, and it's a totally different vibe. I mean, it's it's a it's more of a somber tone. It's more of like a symphony type thing. But yeah, it made me way more excited for the movie with different music. So I don't know what executive signed off on that Kanye track, and I don't know how much fucking money they had to pay for it to get it on that trailer. But it was not worth it. Yeah. So it was cut like a video game. Uh, trailer for a video game rather than the movies, and I, I. But honestly, I if you watch, I watched it again with the audio off. I, I like it. I like what I'm seeing. I like Michael Fassbender in his role, and that was an execution scene. I did call that. It wasn't a time travel scene, <laughs> uh, so I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> and uh, the 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 animus that he's in, like holding them up in the middle of the room while he does all this stuff, looks really cool. And- yeah, that was kind of the biggest uh, takeaway, I think, from the trailer. I went and I uh, peeked through a couple video game forums, just because I'm not up on Assassin's Creed, so I don't really know how uh, other gamers feel. But that's kind of one thing that was people were kind of cautious about. Some people were excited, some people were just kind of like, I don't like it, is that Animus. Because you've played more of these games than I have, I believe. But usually when they kind of, I guess, quote-unquote, travel back in time, they're just kind of laying down in a chair, right? Yeah, they're kind of a stasis. But again, in the games you play, is it like the 17th or something person who's done it? So this could be a mm-hmm. pre-version, like an early version of the Animus before they really iron out the details. So uh-huh. And also, it could this could work better visually because if you just have your main character who's in present-day time just laying down on a table... I mean, your whole movie takes place, like 99% of your movie has to take place, you know, in the past. And actually, we kind of saw this a little bit with um, uh, Days of Future Past. You know, you uh, even though Wolverine basically was just laying down on a table being sent back in time um, with mutant powers, there was still a lot of action going on of, like, people fighting off Sentinels, keeping Wolverine from dying. Um, so yeah, maybe they needed to have a little bit more, uh, movement and engagement in, you know, present time. Yeah. And then that brings us to the last point. A lot of those tricks and action scenes look really good. Uh, I like the assassins fighting the double hit on the guards was really cool. It looks a lot like the games. I, I feel pretty good about this, but let's see a little something a little closer without the Kanye stuff officially. And, uh, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed that, you know, Assassin's Creed breaks our predictions <laughs> and becomes a great video game adaptation movie and sets a, a new course for us. Yeah, someone out there must not understand uh, gamers that much because I, I don't think we talked about the most recent um, Warcraft trailer, but they used some sort of like a, I think like club music or remix with that latest trailer, and it was really bizarre and ill-fitting, so... Just, well, <laughs> they're almost treating these games seriously. So I think <laughs> I think that people understand gamers too well, but they don't understand moviegoers because I yeah, feel all these the are like things you would show gamers, and like these would be playing in a GameStop when you walk in, and not and not <laughs> actually amazing. in a movie. And I think that's that's their, their mistake. They're they're marketing to gamers because they know the, the brand, but they should be marketing to people who don't know the brand. Like like take the Marvel approach. Like trying to sell Doctor Strange is going to be hard. But I think I think they'll maybe, do it. 
is that is that just the uh, um, advice that you can give everywhere in life? Just like, man, I don't know what to do. Like me and my girl are fighting. What should we do, man? Got to take the Marvel approach. Take like Marvel that approach. makes no sense, but I feel like it's gonna work. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's always a life lesson to be learned in a Marvel movie. That's what I'll, that's what I'll <laughs> say today. But uh, that's it for our news. Uh, end of this Assassin's Creed trailer. Uh, unless you have anything you want to add, Mike, that's come up since we've been sitting here. No, it was it was a it was a good episode. I like when we get these this mix of news. You know, we got lots of different things going on this week. Um, uh, you know, I guess what we we count down now until um, the end of the seasons for Arrow, Flash, Shield, yep. and then then we'll have a X Men Apocalypse waiting for us. Yeah, I believe um, X Men Apocalypse is in like I said, a little less than two weeks now. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, 27th, I don't know what day it is, the 15th here? Because we just had Friday the 13th, <laughs> didn't we? So it would be two weeks from there. And that's the same week that Arrow and uh, Flash end, I believe. And uh, Legends of Tomorrow, maybe. I, I really haven't caught up on that in a while. But <laughs> Yeah, I haven't really either. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we need to, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do a wrap of that around that time, too. But I, uh, I'm excited for our next spoiler cast. Again, X-Men Apocalypse. Go check out our spoiler cast from last week, Civil War. Really love that. Uh, if you're a listener for the first time, thanks again for tuning in. We appreciate you. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll uh, go listen to our old episodes. They're all free. We made them free for you. And they're all they're pretty much they're always going to be free. Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. And lastly, I want to do uh, this new thing where I shout to uh, my local comic book store, Destination Comics. Uh, also, uh, the home of the DNN, the Destination Nation Network. Um, really cool place. Buy a lot of trades. Comics. They have my pull list. I really like them. Uh, great store. Cleanest bathrooms uh, in any comic book <laughs> store I've ever been in. Just, a, just. Yeah, a, that's a that's a good point. Uh, clean bathrooms anywhere are always always awesome. And public bathrooms in general are pretty rare in smaller stores, so I'm I'm glad they mm-hmm. have one. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, if you're interested, go give them a, a check out in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, in St. Matthew. So just want to give them a shout out. Yeah, good shout out. I love comic book stores. Yeah. So, and in the meantime, Mike, uh, if people want to follow you and your crazy adventures in maybe getting sunburned, <laughs> sure. where can they do sure, that? Okay. Well, as always, you can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics every week at pickledcomics.com. Chris, I'm sure you're gearing up, you know, ready to go to another comic book convention. You are desperately trying to keep your uh, comic books from falling off the wall and being buried alive. Uh, if people want to follow your survival tips, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I'm more scared of the pop vinyls, actually, than the, the comic books <laughs> at this point. Comic books sit low to the ground, but the pop vinyls, they fall over. I'm buried. I'm gone. At least I'll <laughs> go right. happy. <laughs> and uh, you can follow me on uh, comicui.com. Uh, and I still haven't posted my written review of Civil War yet. It's been a busy week with being three days in Michigan, but I will have a written review up this week of it. I'm really excited to talk about it after seeing it three times. And uh, you can follow us. I mean, if you found us uh, at the Comic Con through Comic UI, you know, uh, kudos again. So, yeah, you can find me in all those places. And where else can people find us, Mike, if they're first time listeners? Well, as I always say at the end of every episode, please visit us at SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the slots we stick our show in. We're on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe to us and get us right in your email inbox. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. We appreciate all of those avenues of listening. If you're a fan of the show, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps us pop up in some fresh earlobes. And if you're a super fan of the show, share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy. And then you can talk about the dumb things me and Chris say every week. Yeah, they're pretty dumb. Especially this week. If you get any good sound clips of me being all nasally, feel free to share them with me. <laughs> I, uh... 
I'll enjoy that. I think I did okay. I think I, did, I think I made it. Uh, I'm gonna go take some more Sudafed and uh, you know some other medicine, eat some dinner, and uh, maybe maybe put on another movie. So <laughs> yeah, go rest up. I gotta go lather my uh, legs in aloe, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. hopefully we'll recover by next burn, week. Burn, <laughs> baby, burn, disco inferno. We'll <laughs> see you guys next week. All right, bye everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Oh no, I, oh, no, I have to sneeze. Oh, no. Huh. Okay, no, I'm good. Okay.